Well, hey, again, my name's Kyle, and I get to be the pastor here at Regen, which is always a thrill for me, it really is. And, and before we go anywhere else, like, guys, what we just sang about is at the core of who we are. And the reason we sing is because sometimes that gets into the crevices of our soul more than talking and thinking does. Um, there is something that reading and thinking and, and, and those kinds of things that only get us so far, and so we sing and affirm that which is most true. And guys, if the night is holding on to you right now, like there is somebody whose grip is deeper and tighter and more lasting, um, his name is Jesus, and uh, most people in our community, the longer we've done this, we set out to make regeneration a, a, a faith community for those who um, had left church behind, had never stepped inside a church building. And, and most people that have never stepped inside a church building or have left church behind have done so because they have really, really, really crappy visions of who Jesus is. Um, and so we confess over and over again that he's good uh, because we need to be reminded of that if only because this week we've been mistreated by people who are not good. Uh, we need to be equipped in that because we need to know that there's not this person hovering over our shoulders waiting to kind of catch us in wrongdoing, but who looks at us with affection and, and assumes the best about us. That's what's crazy about Jesus is he knows how awful I am at my deepest level and yet assumes the best about me, which I find is a tremendous gift. So uh, one of the things that we usually do at this point is we open the Bible and we look at one text or a couple of texts for about 25 or 30 minutes uh, and we'll be, getting, we'll be getting back into that habit next week. Next week, we're starting a new series called Face to Face, which is all about heaven. And the more and more I think about heaven, here's some of the things I know. You and I have lots of ideas of what we think heaven will be, and 99% of them are wrong. Okay, when I was, uh, I was invited to kind of present the gospel to some kids at an event one time, and the person, there were a number of us doing it, and the person before me was telling these kids that they wanted to go to heaven because the streets in heaven are paved with gold. I don't really care about streets that are paved with gold, and kids in Warren City who don't know where their next meal is coming from are going to be asking why Jesus can't exchange the gold, you know, turn the gold into some money so they could buy some dinner, you know what I mean? And then I've also seen, you know, those pictures of, like, we're going to turn into precious moments and float away on clouds and play harps. That also sounds tremendously boring to me. And so what is heaven really about? What does scripture say about it? And so we'll do that for about five weeks. And in the midst of each sermon, we'll kind of stop and answer like a hot topic about question, a, a, a hot topic about heaven question like, uh, is God fair in who he does and doesn't let into heaven? Uh, who will be in heaven? Will my pets be in heaven? Um, do I get, will I know my loved ones and when I see them? There's this really interesting text in the New Testament that Jesus says, in heaven, they are neither married nor given in marriage. So does that mean when Steph and I get to heaven, our marriage is no more? Uh, that breaks my heart a little bit. So, but on the other hand, some of our parents have been married multiple times. So if that's the case, which person are our parents married to when we get to heaven, right? So um, we also want to learn how to ask questions of the text. But to me, here's what I'm really, really growing into realizing about heaven is heaven literally motivates everything I do or do not do in any given day. 
because my willingness to obey Jesus is based on my vision of heaven. My desire to invite somebody and be uncomfortable and talk to somebody about Jesus is dependent on whether or not I believe heaven to be the place it is. And so we'll kind of dive into that. But tonight we're ending our series on generosity. Uh, this life of extravagance, of giving before you're getting, uh, that we've camped out in the whole Bible over for five weeks, and we're ending it with a panel discussion because there's only so many questions I can answer in any given sermon about uh, anything about generosity. And so I thought it would be handy to give you more than one voice. And so I'm going to kind of introduce you to some of those folks. Oh, look, the microphones are behind me. You guys are so sneaky. Good job. Um, so my wife, Stephanie, is going to be up here with us, so you can come take whatever seat you want there, girl. Um, uh, Vanessa is going to be on the panel tonight. Vanessa's on, my wife is on staff as my wife, okay? Uh, Vanessa is on staff, not as my wife, uh, but as kind of our coordinator, organizer. Um, I'm going to be on the panel, and then my good friend Rick Oaks. Uh, I don't know how many of you know Rick. Rick is, to me, my mentor, my spiritual father, uh, kind of just... Everything I am is because of him, either, either side of the ladies, please. Um, and so I also thought it wise to have somebody up here that's funnier than the rest of us, but also somebody that's been living generously over a longer period of time, because it's one thing for us, we're in our 20s and our 30s, talking about we've been living generously for five years. Rick's been living generously for at least twice that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so he'll be a part of that. And then our good friend Zachary is going to moderate the panel. This is Zach's first time leading a panel discussion, so who knows how this goes. Um, so, Zach, this is yours, um, but I'm going to pray first, and then we're just going to get into it. Um, uh, and before I pray, uh, Sid, if you go to the next one, there are, that is Zach's cell phone number. So if you're bored, you can just text him. But it's also there that if there's questions, some of you turned in questions on Facebook or texted me, but if a question pops up during the night that you can't help but ask, text it to Zach, or worst case is yell it out. It's not like we're in an auditorium of 30,000 people. You know what I mean? So let me pray, and then we'll get into it. Uh, Jesus, we want to be generous because that's who you are. Paul writes that um, we know of your generosity because though you were rich, for our sakes you became poor, so that by your poverty you could make us rich, not in money but in your grace and your kindness and your love. And so we want to walk with you in that generous way. And so we pray that tonight uh, questions would be answered, that it would get really practical about what it means to follow after you, um, and that we would not just have ideas or words, but something would happen in our hearts so that we could live it out. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Zachary, you're the boss. So I've got my list of questions here. I, I mean, you don't want me just spitballing off the top of my head. Who knows, who knows where I'm going to go with that? Um, <laughs> all right, so I want to just kind of start off with um, more of a um, kind of icebreaker question for all of you guys. So I've got like buckets of questions. And so the, the, these questions are going to come from the bucket of in your experience. So um, the first one is Rick and uh, the rest of the panel, will you each... Uh, share a time when God provided for you? It was good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, there's, it's, hard, it's hard to narrow that down to a time. I mean, God's provision is 
uh, just overwhelming in so many ways. But there are some times when it has just jumped out and, uh, and been over the top. There was a time we were, uh, we were pastoring a church uh, in another town. Uh, it was a very, very uh, social and economically challenged community. And, uh, and uh, we were doing it uh, really, you know, with a with mission heart, so to speak. And, uh, and it, so I was putting on a lot of miles and traveling there on a regular basis. And, uh, and so it was getting to a point where I needed another car. And, and so we, we had saved up some money for a car, uh, but we didn't save up all the money that we needed for a new car. It wasn't new, but it would have been new to us. And, uh, and yet having to do that, uh, we did not want to go into debt either because there, there was a time in my life when I was in debt and we were, we were free of that, so we didn't want to go back there. And, uh, and we just wanted to continue to honor God with everything that we did. So, but it, as it turned out, it looked like that was, that was going to be the case. One Saturday, as we were just in this process, and the, and the car was, I don't know, somewhere probably uh, upwards of around eight dollars $9,000 at the time, and we probably had five, six thousand dollars that we'd saved for a car towards that rain. And, uh, and I got a, che- I got, I got the mail, and, and there was a check in the mail uh, made out to me, and it was from a church that I had, I hadn't been at for several years, hadn't spoken at for any period of time. They sort of knew what we were doing, uh, but that, that was about it. Some pretty loose connections, and the check was for just over three thousand dollars. And, uh, but I did know that the, you know, I knew the, the pastor and I knew the, uh, the treasurer. So I, uh, I, I said, I, I told my wife right away, they've made a mistake, uh, because they were, you know, they had, they were a lot like me and they could make those kinds of mistakes, except if you get a check from me for that kind of money, don't cash it or you'll look silly <laughs> at the bank. And, uh, so, uh, uh, so I didn't really give it a lot more thought other than that. And then Monday morning, I called the, I called the pastor of that church, and I said, I don't know what, uh, what the air was here, but this is what we received. He says, no, Rick. He says, that's exactly what we wanted to do. He said, the mission committee, we had a mission Sunday. Uh, the mission committee came together, and they just had a vote on what they ought to do with it. And uh, they just prayed about it, and the Lord put you and Brigette on their heart. And uh, so they just they just wanted to send it towards you because they know it would go. And I mean that was just that was a response of their prayer and our prayer, and uh, and God providing and and just in a very surprising way. That's awesome. That's a perfect example. That's that's I think that's what we would expect from like God, just kind of like it, uh, our mission statement interrupting your your life. So, Vanessa. Um. I'll go off of what Pastor said here and just give you an over-the-top kind of an example of how God provided, especially through his people, um, which I think is kind of the model that we should be following. But um, about a year and a half ago, uh, at the beginning of 2015, well, at the end of 2014, um, I had just had a baby, and he's running around back there, um, and uh, we had just purchased a house, and... um, uh, through through kind of all of that, uh, I don't know if it was um, post uh, post pregnancy or whatever it was, but I was very depressed. I had a ton of anxiety. I had to be on medication. That was so unlike me. Um, but that was kind of the the road that I was walking through. And on top of all of that, with all of that stress. Uh, my husband had lost his job uh, right after we had a baby and purchased a house. Um, And so 
I was kind of a little bit at wit's end a little bit and uh, just trying to figure out um, if you're a female in here, we are the best warriors of all. Um, and so just trying to figure out in my own strength how we would kind of figure that out and what steps we needed to be taking. And um, and so our, our income went from 100% to about 25%. And I didn't make a lot. I was a, you know, I was a pastor at a church. And um, so I uh, just began to just pray. And I just walked into the church crying because I didn't know what to do. And and so that night we had an encounter, which was a Wednesday night experience. Um, and just it was more of a worship-driven kind of experience uh, in our church. And so uh, one of the things, one of my jobs at the church has always been talking about giving and finances and, and offering and tithes. And, and so there I was. I told, I told uh, Doug, who was my pastor, like, are you kidding me? Because I was like, this is the worst time for me to be talking about money right now. So I get up on stage and I just start, you know, telling my heart. And in fact, I, t I was explaining about, you know, I know that God's going to provide, you know, I'm, you know, this is what's happened. This is kind of where we're at. And, uh, but I know that God's going to provide. And Doug came up on stage and interrupted me. And he said that uh, the whole staff at the church gave up a portion of their income to pay for me to gain $10,000 in just one night. Um, and that was just absolutely incredible. But then God went above and beyond. And the very next day, we get a check for like $9,000 in the mail um, from the IRS. My goodness. And so, um, <laughs> but, but it was just within 24 hours, we had almost $20,000. And so that was just God's incredible blessing, um, just in like trusting in his generosity because he is so generous. But also it just kind of boosted my faith in God's people that, that, you know, when, when, when we see somebody in need, like that's the time, that's the time to jump in and, uh, and to help somebody who, who loves Jesus and who, uh, you, you know, will give back, you know, and that's, that was just one of the most incredible times God has ever, has ever provided for me and my family. Um, well, I was trying to think of one pre-Kyle, because there was a, a portion of my I'm life. Because I'm the best it, blessing you ever got. Yes, well, there's that. Um, you're so humble. Too. I am, okay. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. So, but I, I just think over our two years of being here at Regen, I think the thing, um, I guess I didn't like this with you, but so many of our friends at points when we either um, need personally or need here at the church, they would they would write us like kind of out of the blue and be like, hey, we moved and we've been saving our money because we don't have a church of our own. And so we just, I mean, I think we've, that's probably about $1,500 yeah. that's come in, some for the church, some that's benefited you all, some that covered some of our bills. Um, that the Lord has just provided out of the blue. And it's never been one big chunk. It's always, to me, it feels like I'm always like, oh, okay, there it is. Oh, okay. You know, like it, it comes just right at the moments when we've needed it most. But I think um, to me, that's just been such a, I'm just always blown away that people even like think about that yeah. and think about us in those moments as and, and have faith in what the Lord is doing here and believe even enough in what he's doing in your lives to give and be a part of that, even though they live in Michigan and Rhode Island and Illinois and all over the country. So I think that would be mine. Um, so I've kind of gotten to tell stories before. I, I think the thing that I was thinking about was none of that ever happened. None of this stuff ever happened in my life where like money just dropped into my lap like that until I started giving regularly. No, I mean, I cannot, and I did, because I was thinking, I can't think of the Lord ever doing this until we got married because you're the blessed blessing of my life. Um, but 
I think that has more to do with I was not giving regularly until I married you and all our finances were in one and you were like, this is just what we're going to do. Um, and so I can only, we had a conversation. And, and I think the other thing, by the way, just interesting. So first of all, that didn't happen to me until I started giving, number one. So if those things aren't happening to you, is it because you're not giving? Question. But the second thing I noticed with all of that is it's all a need, not a want. So like, Rick, you weren't like buying a Lamborghini, I don't think, for nine grand anywhere. <laughs> she knew that's what I wanted. Yeah, right, yeah. So, like, it's the no debt deal. Right, right. So there was a need that was met, like in all of these cases, not like a, you know, and that's the promise of scripture. Anyway, that's all. So, um, All like super great examples. And one of the things that I was going to say before Kyle gave his prayer and his prayer kind of uh, before we started spoke to it and then everybody else's spoke to it too is that because we're created in the image of God, he is a generous God. So we're called to be just like he is. And, um, and he shows us how generous, four examples right there, he shows us how generous he is. And I think um, there's many more probably. Um, some of you guys' answers segue into uh, the next thing, which is my budget bucket. Um, <clears throat> so it seemed like, as Kyle said, there was a need for this money uh, or for this help and this generosity from God. So um, this is a question from um, somebody that had texted in or, or emailed in, and it was, it reads, I know we are supposed to give him our future and anxieties, but I am also supposed to have some sort of plan or idea for my future, right? So how are we supposed to budget and plan for the future, but still completely rely on the Lord and his plans? Um, we could start off with... We'll this start is with why we have Rick. Yeah, this yeah. is why we have Rick, yeah. yeah. We'll start with Rick then. Uh, yeah, that, that's whoever asked you. That's a really good, really good question because we don't really, you know, we often say this, it sounds contrite, but it's really true. You know, we, we don't always know what the future is going to hold, but we know who holds the future. And so the important thing, I think, is to be sensitive to that God who holds your future, uh, even in, in the present, uh, as to how he would guide you in those ways. Now, now for me, and for, I, I mentioned Brigetta, that's my wife, for us, um, we, under, we understand God's word starts for us with the tithe. And uh, so, so we know that's, that's the basic for it. Uh, and then we, uh, and then there's, and then our offerings are over and, ab and above that as we've grown into understanding that. And, and so we know that, so that we know that we have to plan for some things too. We had four boys that, you know, all went to college and three of them at the same time. And, uh, one of them went to a private school and three of them went to state schools. I love those three state school kids. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, so we, you know, that's coming and you know that. Uh, you know, from the time we were little, they said put $100 a month away just to get your kids into college. And, uh, and of course, we never did that because there were TVs to buy and a lot of other things. And, uh, uh, but nonetheless, by the time that came, we were followers of Jesus, and, and he provided in surprising ways. But even having said that, we, we're sort of, we try to be sensitive uh, to our budget. A budget's a living thing. And uh, so we try to be sensitive uh, beyond that with what we uh, with what we spend on ourselves I mean the word of God says that um, where your treasure is there your heart will be too uh, I used to always think it's where your heart is there your treasure will be if you if you know if you really if you really fall in love with Jesus you want to give him uh, money but the reality of it is is once I start investing in kingdom work that's where my heart is 
And, uh, and so it becomes that much easier to do that and to trust God in the midst of it that he's also going to provide for the future. It doesn't mean I, you know, I mean, it just, well, it can mean a lot of things. It can mean that there are those times that you just, what you were saving up for this or that, God just stirs in your heart. It's got to go somewhere else. And so, and so it goes, and he surprises the way you provide. I don't know if there's a cut and dried answer to that. Uh, I know a lot of, you know, there's, you know, financial counselors will say, you know, 10 and 10, you know, first 10 to the Lord and then 10% into savings and then beyond that. And I don't think that's bad advice. Uh, or, you know, it's a good model or something to shoot for. Uh, but, uh, but I don't know if you can just cookie cut the same thing for everybody beyond that point. Zach. Anybody else want to take a hack at that one? <clears throat> Um, if you ask my husband, I'm a hardcore budgeter. Um, and it all, actually all started with when uh, we went on our honeymoon. Um, we, we went two th immediately $2,000 in debt on a credit card and had no idea what to do with that. And so um, we went through uh, what's called Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. And um, that just kind of... Uh, kind of changed our perspective on how important it is to budget. And um, we, so one of the things that we ha I had always heard, especially in ministry school, is um, that uh, with God, without God we cannot, but without us he will not. And so one of the things that I uh, kind of took responsibility for was my finances because we expect God to bless us and we expect God to provide for us, but if we're not doing our part, it's hard for God to do his part. And so... Um, with, with knowing <clears throat> that God has a plan for our lives and he has a purpose and he has a destiny, well, we have to also do our part, especially with our finances, um, to, to get there. If we want God to be generous with us, we have to be generous and good stewards of what he blesses us with. And so everything that comes in, every paycheck that we make, we, we know that this is our hard-earned paycheck, but also it's God's provision. We work hard for it, but we also know that we would have nothing without him. And so we just have taken on this idea that if God is going to give us, even if it's just 10 cents or a penny, you know, we are going to do what we can to be responsible with it and to use it in a way that will glorify him um, and not just glorify ourselves or feed our flesh or not that that's not, I mean, God loves when we, you know, when we're happy with the things that we get, you know, he He's a good God. You know, we sing about that all the time. But um, he, he, he does, I think, enjoy see. I mean, I think of my kids. If I give them a gift and I see them light up, like, that is so good. It's so fun to watch our kids be surprised by those things. And I think that that's how God feels as well. Um, but also, like, I also want to teach them, like, you have to prepare for the future, you know. And you have to be, when we're faithful with a little bit, God, he, he blesses us with more because he knows we'll be faithful with it. And so that's why I think that budgeting um, is such a good idea because, you know, I think that um, it just kind of proves to God over and over again. One, it just reminds me every single two weeks how good he is and how good, like, he and how much he's blessed us. Um, but it also, I think, is a good way of showing him, like, I want to be a good steward of what you've given me just so, so that you know, God, that, that you can trust me with more, you know. So. Um. We can go into, and this, this question will be for um, Steph and Kyle, um, and I think we started, you guys started to touch on it a little bit, so um, how often is it necessary to, like, review those budgets to make sure that you are, you know, or it, it, it maybe touch on the concept of what is enough, so, like, are we giving enough, are we tithing enough, when, when, when do we redo that or reevaluate? 
Well, I think I have to honestly <laughs> say that I'm a terrible budgeter, so I don't want to give the impression. Um, my kind of, I kind of roll by, we tithe, we pay our bills, and then we live off of what's left and, and put some, a little bit in savings too. Um, and I think, um, but I think for us, the conversation that we have all the time is, is are we giving enough? Um, there's two things that cause me a lot. I do our finances, so that's why I'm speaking. <laughs> um, but there's two things that cause me a lot of um, anxiety. One is debt, and one is too much money and savings, which I'm not saying you shouldn't have too much, but I can become obsessed with that and holding on to it. And so that in itself, that good thing, can become a bad thing for me. Um, and so um, the Lord has often removed that temptation <laughs> from me. Um, <laughs> And, I'm on my second master's degree. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? so. There's that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're rapidly paying down the first one as quickly as we can. So um, my this is one thing where I would say my parents were such a good model to me. Um, my mom and dad um, always modeled generosity first, responsibility for your bills, and then um, still enjoying good things. When you, I mean, I love Target. I love Hobby Lobby. Like we love Chipotle. You know, like um, we're not. And I think the thing I struggle with a lot is are we spending too much on ourselves sometimes. Like sometimes I do feel a little overwhelmed that, um, and maybe that's partly from being in ministry because we know that we're given that money and entrusted that money. And um, I think I feel that weight a little bit more than I even used to when I just like worked for a nonprofit. Um, so I think for us, the conversation is always like, are we giving enough? And I started giving um, when I was like two years out of college. I went through, if you want a great book, The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn, like rocked my world, changed my life. We'll, we'll get, we'll have five of them here next week if you want one. Yeah, Treasure so Principle. it was great. Yeah. I did it in a small group. Before that, giving had always been like your homework, the thing you're supposed to do, but you never wanted to. Um, and the Lord like really, like I was like, okay, I, if I'm serious about Jesus, I'm serious about this. And so from that point on, I have given regularly and my kind of personal goal with the Lord, I've never really said this to Kyle, is that I never have to back down, that I can only ever give more. Like, that's kind of, so I think that's why for us, the conversation, when one of us starts earning more or something changes, um, but we try not, when things have changed the other way, like, to less, we haven't backed off. And that, I think, is God's goodness. Like, that's kind of been, like, my personal, like, you've got this and you've got us. So. Yeah, I think... For First of all, just as like a merit, like a relational side note, changing from like this hat to like my pre-marriage counseling hat, is you always let the person who's best at it handle the money. Because if we didn't ha if I was managing our finances, we would be in trouble. Which is why there's a lot of accountability around me on our budget at Regen and at the Grace Campus, right? Because I cannot tell you how much money we have right now. I don't really even know off the top of my head how much money I make. It took us two years into our marriage for me to say, so you're saying my salary is like a bucket of water that you give me at the beginning of every year, and every time we spend something, we scoop a little bit out, and we can't have no water in the bucket at the end of the year. And she, Yeah, try every two weeks. So always play to your strengths. And I think the question that I would encourage you to ask is, is how can I be more generous? Like, the question is not, like, have I arrived? The question is, how can I be more generous? So, like, your budget, like, you're probably looking at that every three or four months just because, like, oh, well, we don't really have as much money as we thought we did. Or, you know, we have all this money, let's go on vacation. But is there not, there should probably be part of that conversation. Um, could, I be, could I be giving more? 
um, who can I be helping with this? Because God blessed us so that we would be a blessing to others. So, Yeah, I really like that, that last, you know, how can I be more generous? And I think the only way that, that that's possible is to have all of your budgeting ducks in a row to even come to that conclusion. So um, one, um, ooh, I'm going to get to this one because this is the first one that just popped in. Uh, this is exciting. I got a text one, yes. And what's cool about it, it's totally anonymous because I don't have anybody's phone. Otherwise, I'd call you out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, how do you balance giving with debt retirement? <laughs> okay, so uh, my best advice to you would be um, give first. Um, one of the best things that we've done is just making things automatic. And so if you have that ability um, to, if you have a 401k, if you have an IRA, whatever that would be, to make that automatic so that you don't even have to think about it. Um, because um, I think when, when times get tough, you're going you're gonna to try to figure out where to pull from. And so um, hopefully giving would not be that. Uh, I would say... One of the things that I've kind of stood by was um, if you're thinking about the tithe and if you're thinking about 10% and here's, here's, here's the best in, like, uh, advice I can give you. You can't outgive God. And so one of the things that we've been learning about this past five weeks um, in the extravagant series is that <clears throat> when you trust God with the first part of everything that you make, he's going to bless the rest. So if you think of it in the 10%, I would rather God give God my 10% and him bless that 90 than for me to take that 100% and him curse it all. And so um, what I would say to you is when it comes to retirement, when it comes to debt, give first. Always, always, always give first. Always give first to God because then that 90%, you'd be amazed how he can stretch that. And so uh, when it comes to retirement, when it comes to planning for your future, um, I think is wise. You know, you come across those people who, who are kind of wandering and just hoping that they're going to have money when they turn 65 or 70 or yeah. whatever it is now. I would say give first to God. Find a good plan, whether it be to put money aside and be a good saver, be a good, be diligent in those things because you'd be, you're going to thank yourself 50 years from now. And, and my husband, he has it automatically put away. Don't even have to think about it. It's amazing. I have no idea what even. It's amazing when you get your statements at the end of the year and you're like, oh, my gosh, I have all that money? That's amazing. And it's not that much money, but it's so much more money than I've ever seen. So, so that's what I would say. When it comes to saving and debt, give first. Pay off your debt as fast as you possibly can. And I hope that soon we'll be doing that class because, you know, Dave Ramsey, he does teach a really good method on getting rid of debt. Um, paying off that debt, making sure that you have a future, but there's an order to those things. So um, knowing what that order is and, and the importance of, of giving and then paying off that debt, that's so important. Yeah, I think that Vanessa's going to do like an either like a Saturday, like a couple hour, an evening, couple hour, kind of just crash course on how to handle money. And Dave Ramsey is like this guy that kind of Christians, a lot of Christians run to. He's pretty wise. And his principle would be you give 10%, you get really aggressive about debt, and you usually only have like what, like $1,000 in savings-ish? Because like $1,000 covers 
a good majority of the things that happen, um, and that helps. The mistake that we made in our first year of marriage was we had about $5,000 in savings while having about 12, the good old days, oh, weren't they nice? Um, and we had like $12,000 of school debt, um, and we paid like government interest on some of that debt for a year, and we were like, what were we doing? And so we ended up kind of dumping our savings, uh, except for about a grand, so that we could kind of, that was it. So. Um, so what I did is, I don't know if I'll always do this, but that she like had like a really cool like um, sound bite, and I just wrote from Vanessa, "You can't outgive God, give first in this text message back to this person. <laughs> yeah, like where's the sound coming? No. Um, all right, so now I need to make my way back to this. Um, all right, so a lot of that was good, and um, there's a couple things that let some of Kyle's comments so. Um, we'll go into like where is the money going question. So Kyle made some comments like I don't know where the money's at. So like let's talk about where the money's going then. Um, so the first one is um, how will I know that my money is being put to good use once I give? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's perhaps the most fair question. Um, so. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of five jokes. That's not, that's not helpful right now. 100% of what you give goes back into regen. And so that pays for some, some staffing. Nobody is making a ton of money on this. Uh, we, our belt is pretty tight. Um, it goes into ministry stuff, so we have to buy communion bread every week. There's coffee. I mean, that stuff costs money. A batch of 72 mugs costs money. We bought sunglasses for our September 1 thing to give away. That costs money. Um, if, you know, something breaks on stage, you know, we'll need to drop who knows how much into a new sub or a new this. So all of your money goes into funding regen. And... I, Scouts honor, we're going to be kind of sharing at least a baseline number for next year by the end of the year. Um, but all of those numbers, like, here's what's good. So Rick um, serves not just kind of in a friend capacity, but in kind of a mentor supervisory role over me. Am I leaning too much and making you nervous? Okay. Um, Rick serves in a supervisory role over me. We are part, you drove in, you saw the word Methodist on our sign. We are part of the Methodist Church. Um, and we leverage those advantages that gives us when we want to leverage them, and one of those advantages is they supervise, they hold us accountable, they make sure that the money you give is not going into my pocket, at least no more than the little bit of my salary that Regen pays, um, and that money is run through First United Methodist Church, which is a church downtown and is our mothership, quote-unquote, and they oversee the mothership. Uh, and so they oversee all of our expenses. So there's a lot of hands. Uh, Walter in the back, he counts the money at the end of the night, and then it goes securely. It gets counted. It gets deposited. I mean, there's a lot of hands on your money, not in terms of everybody scooping a little bit off the top, but there's a lot of eyes watching what happens and a lot of accountability. Um, and so 100% of what you give fuels the vision and the mission, which is to interrupt people's lives. And so the mugs cost money. And um, having a couple staff people, the staff people in the room are Julia and, and me and, and Vanessa and Elaine and um, uh, there's, 
so, and, but none of us are getting rich off of that. It costs money to buy candles. It costs money to do all that kind of stuff. And so, but we're also part of a partnership of other United Methodist churches in our area that mean we use Otterbein's building for free. Um, I'm at the Grace Campus and they participate in paying my salary. I mean, there's a whole lot of different pieces in that too. And so um, you can trust that there's a number of people that if I started just using your money for something stupid, would be like time out and the first person is actually this one right next to me um, and then Rick and a couple other layers around me. So I don't know if that really, so we're small and at this point we don't have like, there's not like 12 people in the room who get the approval of the budget and da 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 da. It's a little, more, a little more organic and it's a couple of us just looking at that and saying what's making sense. And right now what makes sense is don't do anything illegal, don't do anything immoral and don't, do, and don't spend more money than we have. And that's, or, or, or have to, right? And so we're, we're pretty, pretty slim, so. Rick, would you have anything to add to that? Um, uh, well, I would, I would in this sense, and, and it maybe drives it a little bit away uh, from just what you give to Regent, because there's also opportunities for, you know, other folks ask you for this or that, or other ministries, or, or they pull on your heart. And uh, so you, I, you, have, you have some confidence here, and well, you should, uh, you know, you know, you know the people. You know the operation, and and there's a lot of transparency for that. You don't always have that in in other ways. Uh, so I would say this: as you, the closer you walk with God, and it's and and I and I would underquote everything with His is the fact that when Brigitte and I look at when we look at it, and I'm sure when you do too, we don't look at it as our money. Uh, it's really God's. I mean, I mean the word. You know, God told us that the whole earth and everything in it belongs to him. So it's already his. There was a time, if, if I might, that uh, there was, uh, we, had, we had some really good friends who had uh, just a vacation home, uh, sort of like on the mouth of a river of the Chesapeake Bay, just, you know, a really nice place. And they said to us once, they said, would you like to, would you like to just go there for a week? And, uh, well, Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so we did. And and he's and he said this. He said, "Now when you get there on the on the on the dining room table will will be a piece of paper and it tells you the things you need to do while you're there, how you take care of their home while we were in it." And uh part of it was had to do with I remember I didn't know anything about uh soft water softeners and that and putting salt in water softeners. And that, but it said how to check that and if it needed that to do that and, and a variety of other, how to open up, how to close up and all those things. Now listen, we, this was a great house. We loved it. We had a wonderful time. Uh, just my wife and I and enjoying it and relax. Do you think when I got there, I grabbed that piece of paper, wadded it up through it and they said, we don't need this anymore. We got the house. And no, I mean, I, I, it wasn't my house. And so I really wanted to take care of it well. And, uh, and so we did. We did everything that was there. And so it's the same thing when, when, when I realized that this is, all, this is all his stuff that he just allows me to sort of like be the manager over for a while. It sort of changes that. And now uh, I, I really want to be responsible with his stuff. And, and so that's what it, and so it, and it, and so it comes to where do I invest it as far as giving it to others and other ministries or just somebody that comes up to the car and, you know, and says, we'll work for food. You know, how do I respond to that? And so some of it is, uh, number one, I check with the owner. It's important just to have a relationship with, you know, with Jesus. And, uh, and sort of, he sort of stirs our heart. Sometimes, though, you know, I hear more from the pepperoni pizza than I did from Jesus about, you know, what my next, what, what my next step would be, and so uh, I don't always get it right. 
But I hope when I get it wrong, I get it wrong out of a good heart because the responsibility is sort of on how, you know, motivation determines morality sometimes. And so if my motivation was to do the right thing and what I thought was the right uh, person or the ministry, whatever it may be, and it turns out they were just, you know, they were just in it for themselves. Well, they're going to have to answer for that because they're doing something with his stuff. And, uh, but my answer for it is it came out of a good heart in a way that I thought it should be following it. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Thanks, Walter. We forgot to give you a microphone. Now I, I feel bad because that was an awesome answer. <laughs> um, all right, so um, we might have room for like one or two more. All right, one, and I'm just going to like combine a bunch, like some concepts in here and then everybody can just answer it uh, because I think this is a this One is really long question. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think this is an important one and um, this is uh, like a little bucket that I made up and it's, um, uh, if I can find it, what are the rules of being generous? And um, th so a couple questions here. Um, <clears throat> does the top 10% of my paycheck giving... Um, does that mean just to the church, or can that include other charitable givings like nonprofit organizations? And then, what um, can you guys speak to? What about providing skills and trades rather than money? And if that's a route that we go, um, you know, what do, what does um, what would God have to say about our you know our reluctance to give money rather than just uh, time and skills? So you guys can just answer any one of those questions. Can I tackle the 10% part and somebody else tackle the um, giving trades and time instead? Is that okay? Yep. Um, I think um, with this idea, the vision that scripture seems to have is that the primary place for that 10% is the church. That is your tithe. Tithe is a little, we've been throwing that word around a lot if you're new to the church. Tithe means 10. We're really fancy and secretive in our knowledge. And, uh, Tithe means 10, you give the first 10% off the top to the church. Why? Because this is the place that I believe in the mission, I believe in the vision, I believe in what God's doing here. Um, I, I want to see more of it happen, these kinds of things. Then there is this category of offering, tithes and offerings, and the offering is the over and above giving. Um, and so in the tenant house, 10%, boom, right away to church. And then we give um, to one nonprofit in our community, and we support two soon-to-be-three missionaries, and that is over and above giving. So the primary, um, the primary, and I don't tell you that to make you think I'm awesome. I'm just trying to get, help you capture the picture, okay? That the primary place is 10% to the church, and then the rest goes to those other things. Why? Because I believe in what Jesus is doing through Sheila and Andrea in Italy and what Jeff and Chrissy are doing in England and what Vance and Andrea are about to do in Malaysia and what uh, Bella Women's Center does. But um, at a deeper level, I believe in what Regen's doing. So I want to fund that first and then out of the extra kind of, so. And even if you ask in the tenant house, that's probably closer, I don't know, let's call it 16%. And that 16% still does come first for us, so. Um. Well, okay, I was, I'll just break it up then, and then I'll, we'll finish with you, Rick, okay, on the last one. So, Vanessa, um, d uh, does giving... Rapid fire. What's that? It's like rapid fire. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm getting excited. Um, We've been watching debates, so we know how you I'm ready. I, I've been, yes, I'm studied up on all of the, all the moderators. Yeah. Um, do giving or providing skills and trades rather than money qualify as giving or tithing, especially if, like, your time was kind of quantified into, like, a 10%? Oh, gosh. Who asked that? <laughs> okay. Um, 
So I will just speak on my own personal experience because that's the only thing that I know. Um, I would say one of the things <clears throat> that was most convicting to me, um, I didn't start giving regularly. I got saved when I was like 14, but I don't think I started regularly giving to the church uh, until I was maybe 23. And um, one, I can claim ignorance because I truly didn't know. Um, but uh, once I did understand, I just, I began to feel conviction, um, which is better than condemnation. Condemnation will tell you that what you're doing is wrong, uh, but there's no way to get out of it. Conviction will say what you're doing is wrong, but here's the way out. Um, and so I began to feel this conviction that me saying, I can give my time, I can give my talent, I can give, you know, I, I can get on a microphone, I can help a random Saturday in a year, I can help, you know, in these ways, I just can't help with my money right now because money's too tight or whatever, whatever the reason might be. And that is a legitimate reason that money might be tight. But here's, here's the crux of the problem is that us not, us rather giving our time and our talent speaks to our not being able to trust God with our finances. That just is the most base form of that issue is that I ultimately do not trust God to provide for my needs. And so I'll give him other things, which are so good. I mean, we can't tell you how important it is for the people who come early to help set up, um, the people who, who are diligent in praying for this church every single week, and the people who uh, give sweatpants to the community, and those things are so incredibly essential to the life of a church. But not being able to give of our finances in a sacrificial way, which some of us might have to work to 10%. Some of us might say 10%, ouch, 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 that really hurts. But giving until it pinches, you know, giving when you say, okay, this might not be 10%, but it's something, and I'm trusting God with this something, and you watch what God does in your life. And, and I, I would say that when you trust him with that, uh, that, that tiny bit of finances, that just trusting him with that little bit, um, I promise you, one, that he is going to blow your mind with how he, he provides for you. But two, it's going to create a more generous heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. But also where your, you know, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be too. And so um, the more that you give, even if it hurts, even if you don't truly believe it, even if you um, are not coming from a place of, I love giving. You know, God loves a cheerful giver, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, if you're not cheerful, it's okay. Giving, and then I, I guarantee you, God will begin to stir in you that heart of generosity, and you're never going to be able to give enough. You're going to live a life where you are going to say, how can I keep being more generous? How can I keep giving? How can I give more to God and to his mission and to his church and to his people? Um, that's who you're going to become by trusting him with the little tiny bit uh, in the beginning. Yeah, and just real quick before we, I think Jesus would rather you give 3% then not give, right? Like, it's not like, well, I can't ever hit 10, so, well, forget it. It's more of like, he would really, I think Jesus will honor a little bit as you kind of, and as he starts to honor that, you're going to watch yourself creep from three to four and four to seven. And I think, too, generosity is a good motive for getting out of debt because debt keeps you from being able to be generous. So, to me, I'm like, we can give that much more if I can get out of debt, then that frees up that much more income that I can give away, and I'd rather give it to Jesus than to the United States government. Yeah. I, I, just want to, I want to have Rick like close it out on his yeah, I, I can see like
some, something brewing in there. So if you want to just uh, touch on that same topic. Yeah, I sure will. I, I would just say this, and it goes back to an understanding that everything belongs to the Lord, so it's all his. And so it's, it is important that, that we do unto him with, with the other gifts that he's given us, and it's beyond just our money, obviously, um, because all of our talents, all of our abilities, the time to do it, the ability to do that, that's all, that's all God's gift to us, and, and he gave to us that we might give to others. I, I sort of like see it like this, being in this zone, I call it scene zone where you know god is the blesser i'm the one who's blessed so that i can be a blessing and uh and as long as i'm being a blessing with what he was the blesser with he continues just to be the blesser i mean it just it just really really happens that way and so uh i just try to as much as we can we try to align ourselves with that uh with all that we have and and just i mean that's literally all of our abilities and all the things we have they they, they belong to him and, uh, and honor him in the way that we make the decisions to help people and do things. But it also includes our first fruits. It, it includes our, you know, our, our gain, in other words. So it does include our money and those types of things. And, and yeah, sometimes 10%, I, I'll just say this. When I first, I, I sat in with another couple. I first heard about this tithing. The pastor was telling me I just recently, you know, uh, had sort of begun to walk with Jesus. And I looked at this other couple, and they acted like, yeah, 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 it sounds good. And I'm thinking, are they crazy? You know, and, uh, and so I said to them, I said, do you really do this? And they said, Rick, we've been following Jesus for, and it was decades. And they said, yeah, we do it. And I said, okay. So I made a decision, and we, life was pretty good for us. And uh, I made a decision that what we were given, which I thought was fair, we would, we would increase it substantially. And uh, my income throughout the year was dependent in the business we were in on the business itself and all the things. And we didn't have a very good year that year. And uh, so at the end of the year, when they crunched all the numbers, this amount that I thought was a substantial amount, it was, it was, it was not 10%. It was not a tithe. But for me, I was being good. At the end of the year, when they crunched it, don't you know the amount of money that we gave on a regular basis turned out to be just about 10% of our income that year, maybe a little bit. So we had given a tithe, even though that wasn't my intention. And, and, uh, and he knew that. He's, and, but nonetheless, it sort of, I said, we can do this. And, and. And so we did. From that, from that year forward, that just became, you know, our basis. And uh, here's the thing. You cannot, you cannot outgive God. It, it's been said that. But the blessings are not just the monetary blessings. We talked about that. God blesses us with, with tangible and intangible ways. And it's the intangible stuff that we value the most. And the closer we walk, the closer we walk with Jesus, and the more of our treasure that gets transferred to Him, our heart follows that, and we be, we become we become so close to the intangibles, and recognize the blessings so deeply that what we begin to offer are not just the tangible things, but the intangible part of us, and that's what really changes lives, and that's what that's what Jesus is all about. And so that, that's, why, that's why he leads us on that process, I've become convinced. Well, hey, thank you so much, all of you. Uh, you know, could you just clap them out so we can... Um... <laughs>